It's Alum Group's Andrea Lay, Packview's Melissa Burdick, special guest Jackie Donowski from Flywheel, and I'm PVSB, also from Flywheel. Before we get to the CPG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 13th, and it's time for the Fresh Four. Four curated news stories from the past week. We find them polyhistorically intriguing. We hope you do too. They're brought to you through our partnership with Retail Wit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence and news. Retailwit.com. It's retail right now. Jackie, kick us off, would you? Disney Advertising and Walmart Connect to bring closed-loop attribution to streaming advertisers. Well, hello there, Fresh Boy listeners. Disney Advertising and Walmart Connect have solidified an agreement to bring the retailer's industry-leading audience solutions and measurement to Disney's addressable streaming inventory. The collaboration will enable enhanced audience targeting and outcome-based measurements for brand campaigns across Disney's streaming portfolio, including Hulu and Disney+. Connecting Walmart's customer insights with Disney's proprietary audience graph will help advertisers reach their desired audiences and measure the impact of their campaigns through closed-loop attribution. Thanks, Jackie. Andrea, over to you. Hello, Fresh 4 listeners. NBC Universal and Instacart link up to bring retail media opportunities to TV. NBC Universal and Instacart are expanding their existing partnership to include a new retail media workstream that will enable Instacart's CPG advertisers to connect with consumers via NBC Universal's streaming and linear television content. In late 2023, the companies teamed up to include access to NBC Universal's streaming platform Peacock as part of the Instacart Plus membership package. Now, with this new first-party data collaboration, advertisers will be able to reach consumers through NBC Universal's content and measure the impact of their campaigns by leveraging ad exposure and purchase data from Instacart. Thank you, Andrea. Melissa, what do you have for us? Amazon has announced a new country that they're opening up. Amazon has announced that it will launch a new dedicated website for Ireland in 2025. Currently, most Irish customers use Amazon sites based in the UK or other European countries. The company said the Irish site will mean that users will be able to avoid additional customs charges and currency conversion fees, and it will also lead to faster delivery and returns for many items. All right, over to you, Peter. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our hosts, Sri Rajkapalan, Peter V.S. Bond, and Brian Gildenberg, explore how brands and retailers engage consumers in an increasingly digitally driven world. And now, here are the CPG Guys. Hello and welcome to the CPG Guys podcast, where we explore the omni-channel digital journey of brands and retailers. I'm your co-host, PVSB, and we're recording today's episode from fabulous Viva Las Vegas. Wow. We're in Nevada, where the CPG guys will be attending this year's Shop Talk conference. Indeed. Oh my, in, oh my God. And as per usual, I am joining this uh, episode today by uh, the shiny new member of this podcast trio we call the CPG guys. He's the founder and CEO of Confluencer Commerce. 
and the foremost authority in retail shopper marketing. Please join me in welcoming Brian Gildenberg. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing great, Peter. How are you doing today? I am dandy. Before we get on with our show, can you remind our audience Confluence or Commerce? What's that all about? Uh, Confluence or Commerce is a uh, is a uh, little enterprise that uh, exists to help brands, retailers, and service providers navigate the confluence or convergence of three things, which is retail, media, and content. So uh, as, as you can imagine, we spend a fair amount of time in our world talking about retail media and a fair amount of time, fair amount of time trying to figure out how these things are all changing as the, as the world evolves. Well, that is great because I think our topic today does involve retail media. That was a little bit of a, a little bit of teaser there. You I see, know, that was good. That was I'm not so um, subtle. I'm a, um, but before we get to our guest, uh, I want to remind our audience to visit cpgguys.com. You can find a link to our podcast on all the major and the minor podcast platforms. Indeed. And if you're not already doing so, please go to LinkedIn, either via the app or on the on the uh, website on a desktop. And when you get there in the search box, enter CPG Guys, get to our pages, click the blue follow button. That way you can stay privy to all the content we create. We create content, as you like to say, not one, not two, but seven days a week. Uh, and it's all free. So please do follow us on LinkedIn. Uh, don't forget to also subscribe to our other podcast platforms, the FMCG Guys over in Europe, our friends Jennifer and Risu do the CPG Scoop. And of course, the newest podcast to our collective cpg guys fast forward coming soon i know can't wait yeah. and brian's going to be the host of that particular platform and of course uh i would be remiss if i didn't mention the fact that we are so incredibly proud to be part of next up formerly network of executive women we are formal sponsors and this is a group whose mission is to advance all women in business and to promote gender equality in the workplace and of course as formal members we have 50 memberships to give away to uh, women entrepreneurs, women who work at companies that may not be part of Next Up. It's a great opportunity to avail yourself of the resources that Next Up has produced from an education networking perspective. If you think this might be something of interest to you, just drop us an email at contact at cpguys.com. We'd love to talk to you about it. Uh, but we're really excited about that. So this is our guest's second appearance on the podcast, though it's his first with his new organization. He's an empresario in the field of retail media, our favorite topic on the CPG Guys podcast. I think you would agree to that, Brian? I, I would certainly agree. That's awesome. Uh, his experience in omnichannel commerce includes over a decade at Target in the Randall Media Network, and more recently at Nielsen IQ as head of Omni Consumer and Retail Performance. Earlier this year, he joined the Albertsons Media Collective as vice president in what I would describe as getting the band back together. We'll, mm. we'll explore that and we'll let him tell us what, he, what that means. But please join Brian and me in welcoming back to the podcast our friend Harvey Ma. Hey, Harvey, how you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? How was your day or your nights? What day or night is shop, it? In, shop in Talk Las Day Vegas? Two. Shop Talk. Uh, yeah. Shop, shop Talk I, Day Two. Uh, e-commerce. E-commerce and retail media people under siege. I pretty much <laughs> plan on four hours of sleep a night. If I get any more than that, it's completely fortuitous. But that's really all I expect. That's yeah. three hours more than I think most people yeah. are listening to the podcast. Yeah, we're too right? we're too old to go out and do these parties late into the night. I mean, we I think we we went out and did the the gratuitous photo at at the Skyfall Lounge at the top of the Delano, and then we're like, okay. Yeah, it's time to go to bed. Yeah, we're good. I was, so we we did do some late night podcasting with the Fresh Four last night. So there you go. Kind of fun. Yeah, well, I did not, but, but you did. Uh, I'm not one of the Fresh Four. You're, so, not, uh, you're not fresh enough. Yeah, I'm clearly not. So I'll, I'll work. <laughs> anyway. I'll work on that. So uh, um, it's really great to have you with us today, Harvey. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, before we get to the questions we prepared for you, why don't you refresh our audience memory on what is Albertsons Media Collective? What a fantastic question. Well, mm -hmm. what is it? I mean, we are the retail media network. 
that supports the second largest grocery chain in the United States. So think about the scale, the frequency, the traffic. If you talk about all the things that make a retail media network great, Albertsons Media Collective is really just that. It's a way for brands to reach unique customers and more importantly, provide a transparent journey from front to back on what they're actually purchasing. So Harvey, we're going to put for our audience in the digital liner notes of this episode, since like 90% of you plus listen on a mobile device, just switch over to the liner notes. You're going to find a hyperlink to Harvey's LinkedIn profile, to Albertson's Media Collective LinkedIn page, and to Albertson's Media Collective's website. And you you can learn more about our guest and the company he's joined. So uh, I'll kick off with our first question. Harvey, I ran into you at at CES back in January here in Las Vegas. Uh, and I noticed, you know, you were sitting at a table at the area hotel chatting with some of your old Roundell colleagues, Claire Wyatt and Evan Avorka, uh, both of whom have been on this podcast before. I'm like, oh, they're all friendly and chummy, but you know, they used to work together. That's really interesting. Uh, now they're your colleagues once again. So I guess, why don't you walk us through how this family reunion came about and really what appealed to you about jumping over to Albertson's Media Collective? You want to know what's funny? We we talk a lot about how small this industry is. Oh, God, yes. Right? Retail small, retail media being smaller. Uh, you might not believe me. When I saw you at the Aria, I was actually pitching. I was sharing insights of a retail media product that Nielsen IQ had actually developed. And I wanted to get Claire and Evan's opinion on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As all good friends do, topics start to divulge into other topics. And there was literally, to your point, Peter, what would happen if we got the band back together again? Because I asked them the question. Mm-hmm. We think this platform that we've built at Nielsen IQ helps to solve for X, Y, and Z. And I said, what are you seeing in the industry? And they said, boy, we're seeing these. What would that look like if we got the band back together again? Well, fast forward, not – I mean, we're talking – It was like weeks at most. I mean, like well, Maybe days, days later. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's a small world. Vivek has been a career mentor of mine. I've worked for Christie in the past. Things all kind of came to fruition, and then um, there's some really exciting things happening here. And I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you that getting the band back together was a really cool thing because we all felt like there was something we left on the table. Oh, when Claire, Lundell, when Claire, when we talked to Claire on the podcast, I said, what, what made you do this? She says, listen, when Christy calls, you answer the phone. <laughs> That's exactly it. But then the other topic was, when I talked to Christy about it, was – can we capture lightning in a bottle twice Mm -hmm. again? Because Roundel was a rocket ship and we loved our experience there. But there's also things that I think in retrospect, we might have done a little bit differently. (laughs) And boy, to have a chance to do that again, I mean, how would you turn that opportunity down? And that's kind of where all things have kind of the puzzle pieces all fallen into place. That's that's super cool. And uh, so, and let's and let's talk a little bit more about the rocket ship. So, retail media had like a really impressive year in 2022, and and you've been involved in this for a while. What do you think were some of the the key reasons and some of the highlights that were driving such tremendous growth in the retail media space from your perspective? I mean, I I think it's really two big things that drove growth. One is this need for media dollars to be accounted for. And mm-hmm. I think any media buyer would tell you that retail media's popularity is that I can actually now see where my dollars are going. That is fueling it. Mm-hmm. But I also want to talk about the dark side of retail media. And I want to address it because we're all about transparency. The at dark the side. The dark side. <laughs> there is still a perception of this very heavy tax. And I will tell you that yeah. it's still fueling the yeah. growth. And I think any brand listening today would probably, well, I'm guessing they're in their cars right now nodding and saying, my goodness, I feel like there is this massive burden of this forced spend. And so while I think it's great from a numbers perspective, 
there is a accountability on behalf of the retail media and the retailers to make sure manufacturers don't feel like it's a tax. But again, I think that is the dark side is um, the growth is being fueled by transparency or more transparency, mm-hmm. but also this necessity of like, I've got to continue this partnership. So, you know, you've got kind of like that balancing act between the two things. Disclaimer, those of you driving, don't nod so vigorously <laughs> that you lose sight of the road. <laughs> <laughs> are you seeing the same thing? Because no, part wait, of me is like, that, that's I'm nodding so vigorously. I'm losing sight yeah, of the I road. I'm not even that. in a car. <laughs> because part of it is like, we've got to figure out how to not yeah. make this feel like a tax. Because if we want to really build this the right way, so like I said, if I could do this all over again, this is what we're doing all over again. How does it feel but like it's a partnership? That, well, it's, not just, it's not just from the retail media side, right? There are a lot of solutions that retailers offer, data being one of them, customer data access. And that becomes yet another tax. And before some time, you, you have to come to the conclusion that uh, – and we, we had on recently uh, Brett Thurston, who is the director of e-commerce at Hostess Brands. And he said, I'm okay with the asks. I just want to say that – Okay, I'm willing to do that, but here's what I need in return. So this concept of a collaboration is what will get people beyond thinking of this as a tax. So I don't think there's re- I think there's some reticence when it's 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 an ask without an opportunity to in turn say, here's what I if you want this, this is what I need in return. Well, yeah, the, like if you think about the the American Revolution, right? It wasn't about taxation, no taxation. It was taxation without representation, right? And I think that's what, it, to, paraf- to re-paraphrase that, I think what brands are looking for, I'll pay the tax, but I need representation and performance back. That's right. I also think, too, that one of the steps that, you know, and y'all, Roundell, I think actually really led the way on this, in constructing a, like a face that was legitimately aimed at the media side of the world, you're just throwing yourself into an ecosystem, which is incredibly bid and cost driven. And that if you don't provide that performance, you're going to lose the ability to charge that tax over time because media people aren't going to pay it. Because as you well know, the part of the company that's responsible for the tax, the commercial side, doesn't make, doesn't get to make all the choices about how the media dollars get spent. Yeah, that's right. So the media is going to need to perform because you're trying to get access to the media budget and the media budget is governed by its own performance requirements. So I think the tax is interesting as a way to get it off the ground, perhaps, but long term, long term, that that constituency will just opt out of it anyway. So it can't work that way. Long, long. It's just not that clean, right? And and that's yeah. the that's where we all need to get to mm-hmm. is we're at the point now where retail media networks want to be thought of as mature media companies, right? Mm-hmm. And the ones that are are really trying hard to prove that. To your point, exactly yeah. what you talked about. The others are saying. Hold on, squirrel, look over here. Yeah. This is actually a – we're getting you more store space. <laughs> You're getting a better partnership fee. You are now elevated as a relationship builder. Like that, That's where it gets really slippery. Yeah. And I think that's where it's an obligation for us. And it's what we're so passionate about. It's why I'm so passionate about coming here to rebuild right. this. This is not – how we want to build a relationship. Well, that's what a politician would call a revenue enhancement instead of a tax, right? That's right. It's, it's a tax exactly. of a different Look name. over here. Yeah. <laughs> squirrel, squirrel tax. <laughs> squirrel tax. I, I, may, I may start referring to some of these retail media networks as squirrel, squirrel taxes. taxes. I like that. Harvey, let's talk about technology trends that are emerging in the industry. If I were to use a DeLorean or a hot tub to go back in time one year from today, we'd be talking about the metaverse. We'd be talking about uh, things like um, NFTs. Right. Today we're talking about crypto, man. It's all crypto. Oh, crypto, yeah. We today we're talking about chat GPT and AI. So I guess the question I have is how do you think about all of this playing into the work of brands and retailers connecting to shop 
uh, shoppers in meaningful ways? And how does that play a part in Albertson's Media Collective thinking about where it's taking this offering, to your point, to make it more meaningful to brands looking to engage with Albertson shoppers? Well, outside of my personal fascination with what AI is going to do with yeah. our society, uh, wouldn't surprise you to know that we've been dabbling in AI-enhanced technology sure. ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for a fact that we were playing around with Dolly mm-hmm. to create a logo um, just based on kind of a text-enhanced or text-driven, and it was pretty slick. Mm-hmm. I will tell you that I can already see the evolution now with optimization and automation being the two things I'm seeing AI driving from yeah. a retail media perspective. Optimization would be things like a better, more optimized audience. How do mm-hmm. I target more consistently mm-hmm. uh, on the buying side? Yeah. Can I use an AI-powered engine to effectively hone in my media buys in a much more sophisticated and much more fine-tuned way? Yeah. Automation is, look, we built these retail media networks with lots of what we call white glove treatment, meaning before we actually had programmatic hands-on keyboard tools, we were doing everything front to back, very manually intensive. Mm-hmm. Automation is the way for us to level that playing field and drive costs down. So mm-hmm. I think on both sides, uh, we'll see those two themes emerge. So I'm I'm selfishly looking at a lot of these um, AI companies on the shop floor, shop talk floor. Yeah, yeah can, I, can I ask a follow-up on that? Because it's one of the things I think is that also has some interesting potential. And I think this is particularly acute for retail media networks because, because of the, the loyalty card data that you're working off of, you've got the ability to do really granular audience profiles that are really behavioral based. And then you go try to sell that as a media proposition and media buyers have no idea what to do with it because they can't, they can't vary the creative enough to be able to match the degree of segmentation that the average retail media network audience can provide. Do you see a role for AI in that in terms of being able to help? brands deliver better and more personalized or targeted creative to match your ability to get granular and personalized with your uh, with uh, with your data and your audience segmentation. I mean absolutely. But here's the shtick though. Yep. I get it. The retailer loyalty data. I've always said though it's it's as important to understand who your customer is outside of your four walls too. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's where AI can really help. So think about if you're a retailer now mm-hmm. with a with a really well-equipped AI engine, I should be able to now be able to profile a non-loyal customer as well as I can profile a loyal customer. That's the beauty of this technology now, which now – all it's it's a level playing field for everybody, right. which I think is fantastic. Cool, and that gets and that that actually leads really nicely into my next question, and one of and one of my favorite topics, which are clean rooms. But it's really about the amplification of your own first party data, right? And how that how that first party data can work. How do you see um, how do you see clean rooms evolving um, within your ecosystem, and and um, how do you see other first party data owners or leasers being able to marry their first party data with yours and do, do um, is that part of the, is, how is that playing into the work you're doing at uh, Albertsons Media Collective? I love you bringing up the clean room because that is like the buzzword of, I'd say, 2022 for retail media networks. And I think it's like I, one I, of those I, terms I, where I went back in the DeLorean. I just, yeah, come back I like the hot tub. Yeah. I'm a hot tub guy. Okay. So hot tub time machine. All right. Yeah. Um, I the feel DeLorean. like we're, we are culturally culturally relevant here. We talked about Star Wars last time, so I love it. I know. This I love it. We're, we're, we're now at least talking about a movie that's made in the 90s. Uh, <laughs> very exciting. Easy us, now. Um, <laughs> we're in a hot tub time machine going back to Dark I think Dark. we are. Anyway. But here's, the, here's my real answer. I feel like 
the term clean room yeah. is being thrown around oh, sure by folks that want to try to sound smart that don't really know and understand what the purpose of a clean room is. Hashtag chat GPT. <laughs> <laughs> but here's our philosophy though yeah. is I think there are clean rooms out there doing it the right way, mm-hmm. which is an agnostic kind of brand positive way to mingle data together yeah. in what's called a clean room and extract that from mutual va- value. Right. While, res- while respecting the privacy of each each individual's assets. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. There are other clean rooms that have found this to be a unique monetization engine mm. and they're what I call branded clean rooms that defy the purpose of what a clean room was there to be done thank in the first you. place. Wow. Never, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Because it's never made any sense to me. People are like, who's going to own the clean room? It's like, that's not the point. That's like, not the point. That's like, not what the like, clean room like is about. At the middle school dance when the boys are on one side and the girls on the other and they get together and they dance for a discrete moment in time, no one cares who owns the gym. That's not the issue, right? <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> it. It's why, I love the, it's why I love the question. So to answer your question on what the collective is doing about it, yeah. we are a clean room agnostic environment, meaning we truly will have a conversation with any client who has an existing clean room who wants us to explore one that is meant for positivity. All the things we talked about to right. mutual benefit. Okay. Um, wouldn't surprise you that we already have live now our own version of an audience co-mingled clean room environment that you can actually go to market with today. Cool. But we're still assessing. Mm-hmm. I think there's also the level of sophistication that brands and clients actually think they're at. And I would say that outside of a very smart few, some are way beyond their skis in terms of even needing to use a clean environment to start commingling data. Yeah. It does feel like a solution that's in search of tomorrow's problem rather than today sometimes. Yeah. There's use cases though. Yeah. And, yeah. and I believe in that. Let's make sure those use cases in a clean room are altruistic though. I want to remind our audience that we're speaking with Harvey Ma. <laughs> Harvey would like us not to remind the audience. Harvey, Harvey, Harvey wants point. to just associate himself, but we are we are speaking with Harvey Ma, Vice President at Albertsons Media Collective. All right, so Harvey, uh, retail media is a very broad description for quite a number of tools that are used to really connect brands and shoppers. Would you remind us what are some of the latest solutions that Albertsons Media Collective are making available to brands? on-site, off-site, and increasingly in-store? Yeah, I would say from a product suite portfolio standpoint, we've got everything out there that a client is looking for from an on-site, off-site, social uh, platform delivery perspective. Some of the cool things I could mention, um, Pinterest closed-loop reporting is available now, which I know is a a hot topic. Mm -hmm. Uh, On the horizon, from a roadmap perspective, we know CTV is a really hot topic. Mm -hmm. We have been in very advanced conversations on that. I think this whole social chatter and how we leverage that for media-intensive purposes and also full funnel attribution is an interesting one. Um, I'd also say shoppable video, which I know is a hot topic across retail media also. So all of those things are available in multiple phases today, but I would say, you know, come talk to us. We have a fairly robust product roadmap. We also want to make sure, like I talked about with clean rooms, that the level of sophistication matches the KPI you're going for. So I just want to remind the audience that we can do just about everything from a product portfolio perspective. But if you're going to talk to me about driving awareness, but you're using sponsored search as your first uh, product, like, let's just make sure we level set expectations. And that would be like my one ask. So hopefully that answers your question. Well, and uh, and leads to my next question, which is that how would you counsel brands that are trying to come to the Albertsons Media Collective and somebody planted the buzzword full funnel in their head and they're they're starting to talk to you about full funnel. How would you counsel them on how to work with the Albertsons Media Collective best to do more than just 
sponsored search or whatever it is and to really think that to really or even think that, you know starting with optimizing that and then building out with your other capabilities right i would start with a very well thought through media brief that goes through what that strategy looks like end to end to start with and what i mean by that is don't come with a brief that says performance or roas no i get that that right. could be by the way if that is your objective mm-hmm. let's then talk about the two or three really effective lower funnel tactics that help achieve that objective. But I think what's crazy about this is that this is where things go. We will have an aspirational brand manager talks about solving all of the world's problems and we'll bring them these really innovative ideas like CTV closed loop IROAS measurement. And then surprise, surprise, when the IROAS doesn't come back, they're like, well, what the heck just happened? Well, that wasn't actually part of the original objective in the first place. So I think this is just where let's just have that open dialogue, be honest with each other. But I think it's important to document what your KPIs really are. And it's our obligation as a collective to then show you what have we done to actually solve for those objectives. Then from there on out, I think it starts a really robust conversation. And I think, I think it, where, you, where you build upon that is when you think about what is the objective you're trying to achieve. And just because we can measure it, with a particular measurement doesn't mean it's the right one. So if you're trying to drive innovation, talking about IROAS when you're launching a new product is not necessarily what your objective is. It's to create awareness. It's to create impressions. And so don't focus on that. Understand what your outcome is and then assign the right measurements to that type of an outcome you're trying to seek. This is always what makes me laugh. IROAS is my KPI. Mm-hmm. But their target audience is our most loyal VIP customers. Like how, how, how do you expect to drive substantial incrementality mm-hmm. right. if you're targeting your <laughs> core value prop, right. everyday loyal consumers? That those things just yeah. don't match up. Now, yeah. I can see complementary audiences and those kind of things. But again, I think to your, to your question, it's let's just have that honest dialogue on what your expectations are. Yeah. Um, I think you'll find, if nothing else, we are transparency is one of the things that is uh, one of our key philosophies. One, well, and, and I think too, I think there's two 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 builds on that. One for anybody that wants the most coherent conversation about IROAS in history, just and this was not had nothing to do with us because it was Claire. Um, just go back to the episode with Claire Wyatt that was the CPG guys episode where Claire explains IROAS more clearly than any human being has ever explained anything. Can we call her the godmother of IROAS? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Let's sure. do it. Let's yeah. do it in here first. Claire, don't say I'm doing anything for you now. <laughs> Uh, by the way, now f- forever when I run into her trade shows, she's she's, she's godmother. godmother. She's godmother. Godmother. Yep. godmother. Yeah, and then uh, and then the other thing is just uh, the the the, me- the retail media ecosystem is filled with the nightmare of Robert McNamara. Who, uh, said this, which is that you know, it's critical to measure what's important. It's foolish to make important that which can be measured. And I think that there is so much of this conversation that has come out of the Amazon ecosystem, the performance marketing world, that's just being dropped into an ecosystem where it just doesn't make as much sense. And brands are being, and people are trying to fit the various and sundry square pegs into the round hole of ROAS or IROAS. Yeah. It just doesn't work all the time. Yeah. So Harvey, this is your big opportunity. This We've come to that moment in the podcast. This is your chance to tell our audience, really summarize what, in your opinion, makes Albertson's Media Collective the premier partner in their media investment strategy. What are those key points that just say, this is why you want to be working with Albertson's Media Collective? Well, I would hope that starting from the first conversation we have, the dialogue feels different. It feels very different. I would hope that we talked about earlier today, it doesn't feel like the tax. That would be my first. And if that's not happening, I would say you've got to call me out on that. I think we have a very robust strategy to create what we call a 
dramatically different view of what partnerships should look like between a retail media network and a manufacturer. So that's that's the, the first. I would say the second is this pillar of transparency. We mean what we say from a transparency perspective that we will be, if nothing else, brutally honest. And what that means is that if our results aren't great, we're going to show you those results because I still believe that there's value in having a one-cent ROAS if we can show you the analytics and insights that drove you to that one-cent ROAS because it'll make you a smarter marketer. Mm-hmm. I think third, too, is we are very much on this hunt for standardization because we realize that it's very difficult when everyone is operating their own methodology within their own best interests. And so I think you're going to see Christy on a lot of different bodies of work preaching kind of what media standardization looks like in this industry because we're all measuring things through a different yardstick right now and it's just not fair and we're, we're hearing people on the other side of the table your suppliers are asking for it they are crying out for it. this is too much it's overwhelming how are we together going to create a system of standardization that frankly allows us to be assured that the the media investments we're making are giving us their turns we want so we can shift our budgets efficiently. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and there's just going to be a resistance to budgets moving as freely as they should into this ecosystem if it's hard. Um, media buyers just don't enjoy hard. That's not their. Oh. That's not. That's not the thing that gets them up every morning and motivates. That's right. So. That 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 was easy button on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. makes them happy. Yeah. Yes. But on that on that vein of easy button, yeah. I do think one of the things that is hard, and it's also hard for us as a retail media network that needs scale. Mm-hmm. This Albertson's mantra of locally great, nationally strong, creating a model that from a customer perspective is really awesome, locally sourced assortments, right? Right. Let's not forget about the power of not just syndication across national um, scaled audiences. I think that creates a lot of complexity, but really if done right, boy – we keep talking about one-to-one conversations with, with with customers being the holy grail of marketing. Let's actually do that then. So – I would say, again, hopefully the conversation feels different, um, but we'll prove it to you through, I think, our day-to-day actions. That's that's really the most important thing I want to stress. Well, and this would be a, this would be a topic for a whole different podcast, so, so come back and talk about it. But the, the import, how a retail media network can help brands amplify more targeted strategies, not just more targeted advertising, but regional strategies, you know, because so much of the, so many opportunities right now in the U.S. are in more granular, granular ideas, whether they are segments of the population or particular geographic areas. And I just don't think the media industry is caught up to where the growth is yet. And media teams still by and large are just, they're trying to buy national cheap reach as easily as they can sometimes. And there's so much more opportunity within the retail media network to do cool stuff there. So, and I will say too, that as you look at our product strategy evolve, as you look at kind of our go-to-market evolve, I think you're going to see a very different type of retail media culture that we're trying to create. Mm -hmm. Again, part of the first question of why we're getting the band back together again, you know, a lot of us have done this for a long time. And, you know, this is a really fun industry to be in, but we've also seen a lot of things that need to be changed. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you start looking at, and we're not quite ready to share some of those things yet, but when you look at the philosophy of what we're trying to build, Mm -hmm. we're not building a Me Too. In fact, there are many products on the, what we call the parity roadmap that we're not interested and chasing. There are others that we think need to be created, and we'll be excited to share some of those with you in the hopefully nearest future. This is what Christy called the late mover advantage. It yeah. really is. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, you get you get a chance to not do some of the things that have been done before. Um, yeah, so la- last question, I think. Um, you talked a little bit about 
some of the things you could talk about on the roadmap. If you could tell us the things you're not allowed to talk about, that would be super. We'd like that. And that, we'd that, like, that, that, that would be really good. I think, we're, I think we see. You got to pay the tax for that. I'm just, oh, I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh, I just went against my own. Mind. Elizabeth is just shaking her head. Like, why did I agree see, to this? This is why they don't let me speak. This no, is no, like no. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a constant threat. I got a couple of bucks in my wallet. Um, but uh, no. But in all seriousness, you also did walk through. Um, some of the interesting things on the roadmap, whether it was the Pinterest partnership or some of the other things, but are there um, just what's the sense of what are the next 12 what months? You? What's really, and what's, and what's, what, what's really exciting apart from the things you've already sort of talked about. I'm going to break it apart into, I think our, I call it our five focus areas right now. Okay. okay. Um, channel expansion is one. Yeah. And that means just bringing retail media into increased channels, CTV being just one. Yeah. I would say audience enhancement, being our second. And when I say about audience, Peter, we talked about this before. Let's yeah. not just use demo as a way to target audiences. Yeah. I think when you start to see other actions yeah. you're trying to bring to bear, that's exciting for us. We're working on that diligently. I would call um, expanded measurement or standardized measurement yeah. uh, a third. Yeah. We always want to figure out how to improve our on-site. So yeah. the, there's an incredible value in on-site outputs inventory. So expanding that would be the fourth. And then I'm going to call the last one our moonshot ideas. Those are the ones that I'm not going to share with you quite yet. But mm-hmm. we want to talk to you soon about some of these. And these are what I think are going to be industry retail media game yeah. changers. Right. Things that we think no one else is doing that we will have the right to win in because there's just things that we've seen. That well, like the one be- area where we're really interested and we've started to have some conversations with service providers in particular is just you have this not only do you have this huge digital audience online, but your physical stores, you have an audience that's probably about 70% larger than that. And thinking about how you can bring, merge the capabilities of digital with the in-store experience, that is, that is something that we know you're going to come back on a future episode. And see, Peter, he, see, he, he's fishing. He's fishing I'm for total, I'm trying. Uh, so, <laughs> so, going to bite them. No, here's the thing. Let's, let's, let's bite. I'm taking the bait. Give me the um, uh, I'm going to bite because you know why? Yeah. I just had breakfast with Andrew Lipsman, who I know oh. you've been talking to. Did we, Andrew? You, you, who is Dr. he? I don't, I don't know. know. Man, he's, he's kind of been touting this in-store retail media. Did he write a paper on this? You know what? Uh, I think so. Yes. It might be something he's kind of passionate about. Yeah. Guess yes. who else is passionate about that? Right. We are. That's and awesome. so I'm, I'm going to leave a little bit of a teaser there. But Ooh. yes, we do agree. Tune in next the time. The in-store experience is that frontier that retail media is yeah. shifting towards. Yeah. So lots of very exciting news to come. That's great. Awesome. Uh, I want to remind our audience to visit cpgguys.com where you can find all of our content. It's all free. And if you think your company has some thought leadership that you can contribute to this conversation, drop us an email, contact at cpgguys.com, and maybe you can appear on a future episode of the CPG guys. Uh, and while you're on our site, on the navigation bar at the top, there's a section on ratings and reviews. Drop us a review. Tell us. What, I mean, if you think we're being too, a little too silly on here, you can tell us that. We may not pay attention to it. But in all seriousness, we want to hear your feedback on what you think about what we're doing, who areas you want us to explore, guests you think we should have on the podcast, because we want to be very responsive to what our audience is looking to learn more about. We're an educational podcast. We try to make it a little entertaining in the process. And I think that's why we probably have our 20,000-plus followers on LinkedIn, and we are very grateful that you choose us to provide you with both uh, education and a little bit of entertainment in the process. Harvey, 
Thank you so much. Congratulations on joining Albertson's Media Collective. Uh, we are looking forward to future conversations. You know, you're always welcome back here on the CPG Guys podcast. I love it. You'll never, never be allowed back. I love talking to you guys. Back. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and let's not let's not do Las Vegas. How about that next time? Let's probably change. <clears throat> I, I hear there's maybe. a new. I hear there's a new venue for Shop Talk. It's now called Chicago in October. All What's right, going on there? Oh true. my goodness! We'll come back to Vegas. Shop Talk okay. too. Shop Talk too. Thank yeah. Faster right. and more furious. Um, so thank you. Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate. Always fun. Brian, as always, thank you for joining me on this journey. So glad to have you on the flagship podcast and looking so forward to your uh, soon to be released CPG Guys Fast Forward podcast. Indeed. Uh, What were some of the uh, most salient points that you drew out of our conversation with Harvey today? Well, we got, uh, we we spent a lot of time on topics we won't revisit, but uh, I think there are a few. I mean, I think Harvey did a great job of recapping the five pillars. Of what Albertsons is trying to do, and I think that was—I mean, I think that was the core. But I think there's sort of there, there really are there, there were sort of three big ideas that came out as we went through this. Num- number one, I think the just the overall attitude of the Albertsons Media Collective, which is come to us with your ideas, yeah. you know, reach out. We are we are willing and ready to engage in a different type of conversation yeah. rather than just a very granular and basic, you know, what's our ROAS kind of thing and really expanding the conversation a little bit to uh, <clears throat> to really forge sort of a different type of partnership. I thought that was, I thought that was, I thought that was really critical. I think the second piece um, and the real, one of the really cool parts of the conversation was that conversation around what are you trying to do? And then let's figure out what the right way is to do what the, what you're trying to do rather than what do you think you're trying to do and what are the two or three very basic metrics that you're using to do something else? Um, and how do we, how do we bring that together? And I think that, that notion of the, uh, the sort of an integrated plan, I think was, was, was super critical. Um, that's probably four. I, I think the, I think the third was there was a lot of really good conversation in there around, uh, around what the data could look like and whether that's, whether that's in clean rooms or, uh, or just, uh, just in general, the, uh, the ability to serve data up to manufacturers in a really useful way. And I do think the last piece, the, uh, the teaser about the, uh, the future of, in, oh, the future of the, we're going to, we're going to keep on them about that. the future. We're not the letting ins- them get away. The future of the future of many things. I would partic- expect nothing less, particularly yeah, in store. But I also, and I really did love some of the conversation around, you know, being able to close the loop on platforms like Pinterest, which is what, I mean, just really being able to provide useful tools Learning from the experiences that you all have had at uh, some some other retail media networks that shall remain nameless, and but the ability to really build something that um, that addresses the needs of brands and and really takes advantage, I think, of the really core capabilities of the retail media ecosystem and allows brands to uh, enhance both their both both their uh, their brand love and their sales. So I thought that was great. Thank you for the summary, Brian. And to our audience, we appreciate you joining us in this conversation. We look forward to you joining us on the next episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Goodbye. Bye. The content in this podcast episode is provided for general informational purposes only. By listening to our episode, you understand that no information contained in this episode should be construed as advice from CPG Guys LLC or the individual author, hosts, or guests, nor is it intended to be a substitute for research on any subject matter. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by CPG Guys LLC. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The views expressed by CPG Guys LLC do not represent the views of their employers 
or the entity they represent. CPT Guys LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of, reference to, or inability to use this podcast or the information we present in this podcast.